Listen, listen, listen. Who told you that? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Who Told You That? Yo, I hope that you are having a fabulous week. Thank you for tuning back into the show. This is going to be a very special episode. You will want to sit back or go on your walk or keep driving in your car. Make sure you pay attention because we got my brother Eric Campbell on here and he's going to share all he knows because that's what he does. He shares knowledge freely. We're going to get into the journey. We're going to get into him first getting into music licensing. We're going to get into his mindset. This is going to be a very inspirational episode, so make sure that you stay tuned. And I hope that you get so much out of this. And be sure to comment, to rate, to share this so we can get this goodness out. But before we do, let's get into a message from today's sponsor. Today's message is brought to you by musicandlifemindset.com. Are you a singer, songwriter, or an artist who wants to learn how to produce their own songs? Or maybe you're a producer who wants to build more modern tracks, build up your catalog, get more clients, and maybe even get the right mindset about production. You wanna learn a faster workflow? You wanna learn from industry experts who are killing the game and finding success and getting their songs in TV, film, and ads? You wanna hang with an amazing community of people who have fun every single week? Do you want to have one of the dopest, most disrespectful producers in the universe right. walking alongside of you? Then you need to head on over to musicandlifemindset.com, hit that subscribe button right now, and find out more about Music and Life Mindset Academy. Make 2022 your year to be the producer of all time. What you waiting for? Do it. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Who Told You That podcast. Today we have an amazing guest speaker here with us. We have my brother Eric Campbell here. Uh, he is a multi-instrumentalist, a composer, songwriter, artist, producer, sync licensing educator, has tons of music on TV. And recently, you just did your uh, your first music supervision gig on BET Plus, right? The family business? On the family business, yep. First gig. Awesome. Well, huge congrats on that. Huge congrats. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm glad that you're here because I love the way that you inspire and give back to the community um, with just your TikTok videos, your Instagram videos, Control Camp. I just love how you just freely share knowledge. And I think that that is a huge, you know, we need that. We need that inspiration. And it's been amazing, like seeing your journey and how you just continue to keep going and, and giving back. So appreciate you being here. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Thank you for asking me. And uh, yeah, I, um, I'm a big, I'm real passionate about, I mean, I love creating and I'm real passionate about sharing it. I think this, I think the, there's so much, there's so many people interested. I get probably like you, I get DMs all the time. People like, Hey, how'd you get your music on TV? And how do I get in this space? There's so much curiosity around it. And yet there's not as much information as I'd like to see. I mean, there's a lot more now than when I started, it was really hard to find information on how to get in sync or how to get in ads when I started. And so the information I did find really helped me. And so I'm just, you know, I'm really trying to share it because I think the more people that know about it, the more community we have and the more community we have, the more we can actually maximize opportunities. So I just think it helps all of us to have, you know, information freely available for people to level up in this space. I think that's amazing. Cause you know, some, some people, you have that scarcity mindset of like, now nah, I'm going to get all the placements <laughs> and I'm not going to share my knowledge because I need to get all this money. <laughs> I love that there's room and you and you share that. Like, listen, we we going to all get this bread. So I love Yeah, because if somebody calls me and says, hey, I need a 
a tango with, you know, Mandarin lyrics. And you know, I can't do that. But, you know, if I got a community of people, I can hit some hit a vocalist up in, you know, in uh, who knows Mandarin. I can hit some uh, guitar player that knows how to do, you know, tango. Like, you know, you got to have the community to pull some of the stuff off. So and I think there's lots of opportunity. See, that's why you're better than me, because I would be like, yeah, I do Mandarin. Daily. Right. Like, what the hell is this? Like, what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I love that you pull on people. Uh, that's that's something I do too. I'm like, I don't play guitar, so let me call somebody up. Like, can you play the guitar? Like, we're gonna both get this bread. So that, exactly. that's exactly <laughs> so why don't you share with, with the audience? Because there's so on this podcast, like I there are some people who are listening who don't even care about the sync world. So that's why I created this to you know share more about the journey. But then for those who are interested in the sync world, you know, they're gonna get like this behind the scenes look so like what exactly do you do so i am i write music for television and film i've been doing that for the last 10 years um i mean like you, you know you did in the introduction i'm a musician i play a, a lot of different instruments i play drums piano uh, violin saxophone all things i've played since i was a little kid and um um focus a lot these days on top lining writing lyrics and music production I think you talked about the journey. My, I definitely have been on a journey. I've, um, I've always been interested in music and from rapping as a kid and producing in college and, you know, trying to find a lane. I, I moved to Atlanta in early 2000, trying to um, write for artists. That was my, that was the goal that I wanted. I wanted to, to write and produce songs for other artists. And went through a lot of just trials and tribulations trying to figure out how to get my way into that world and didn't really have much success there. I had, you know, a, a cool placement, but for all the effort that I was making, I wasn't seeing the return mm -hmm. on that. And then kind of came across sync licensing and as, as an option of, you know, Hey, people are getting music and instrumentals placed on television. And when I learned about that, I looked into it and said, okay, let's try it. And I started seeing some returns there and so much so that I was like, oh, I need to put all my focus on this. And um, it's been it's been cool. It's still a lot of learning. It's still a lot of pivoting and trial and error, trying different lanes. And mm -hmm. even within this field of sync licensing, each lane has its own rules. Writing for ads is different than writing for for TV it might be different than writing for games. So I've been enjoying continually learning new aspects and then trying to take advantage of them, trying to monetize them and trying to, you know, build teams or pull people together um, in different spaces. So um, that's what I do. I, I write for TV and film. I, um, I build teams, I curate uh, music that I can, I can pitch directly to supervisors. I um, just got my hand dabbled in a little bit of music supervision for the first time, but primarily I'm a creator. I, I create music. Right. Wow, that's, that's awesome. And so like, what were you doing before you got into music or why you were even getting into music? Like, what were you doing? Yeah. So, uh, actually I did music all growing up, like in high school and stuff. I was in every band imaginable and five days out of the week, I'm, I'm in jazz band and orchestra and jam bands with friends and all, you know, and rapping with another group and, so I was all in that. And then, um, so music was my whole life. I never really did sports other than playing kind of, you know, in the neighborhood, but never like really organized 
team sports. It was all music. And then um, I kind of got talked out of studying music in school. Um, my parents uh, who had been like insanely supportive of all my life, you know, carting me around to every rehearsal. But they got a little scared when I said I wanted to major in music. And they were like, well, you're good at math. You're good at science. You know, you can do music on the side. And so I ended up going to school for engineering, for electrical engineering and um, doing, you know, also I was in like, the, you know, with the marching band, drum line, I was doing all that um, in school while I was doing the engineering program. And so I, uh, I didn't, I never worked in engineering. I, I did undergrad, I went to grad school and then um, I ended up working for a consulting firm doing like IT development. Um, which I really loved. I did project management for a number of years, like managing, you know, big IT projects and working with a lot of clients and the government and, and uh, like the utilities industry and all this stuff. But I was always doing music on the side, you know, coming home, going to the studio that I had in the basement and kind of working all hours of the night. I did that for a while, but it came untenable. I, I was married at the time um, and trying to balance that relationship with, a job that was like 70 hours a week and then coming into a studio and trying to be all night. Like that was, that was, that was, I was juggling. And then all the balls like kind of crashed at the same time. I, I couldn't keep the marriage together. couldn't keep the business wasn't growing. The music wasn't happening. And so that was my first marriage. It ended up getting divorced. And when that happened, I was, I was in DC at the time. I was like, well, I might as well try and, you know, I had already left the job because I, I left the job to go full time. Um, but I uh, said, well, I might as well go to Atlanta, be in a music city, at least be able to put my all into this. And that's how I ended up in Atlanta and, you know, trying to figure out, like I said, the artist placement thing, which eventually led to the sync placement thing. Yeah. Wow. Because that's so that's because you kind of went against the grain, I guess, a little bit by just saying, nope, but do music full time. But you did go to school for engineering. So, like, what did it feel like when you were in school for engineering? knowing you wanted to do music like did you feel like man i should not be here or were you excited um at the time i kind of you know the interesting thing i mean i college was the like greatest experience of my life and so it was i actually was excited to be there i was getting very fulfilled i was in the marching band which is really fulfilling you know and so even though i was in the engineering program i was still spending all my time in like the school of fine arts um, every night, like we're doing rehearsing. So I felt like my life was really balanced at that time. You know, um, I wasn't exactly sure. I don't think I even understood what engineering was until like my junior year. Like you're taking all these preliminary courses. And so by the time, and I did some internships, by the time I really got a good handle on what it was, I was like, oh, I don't think I want to do this every day for the rest of my life, you know? And um, so uh, then it wasn't until like my, junior year that I was like trying to strategize like okay I've already invested you know a couple of years into this degree do I finish it do I do something else and so I actually doubled down I was like well I don't think I want to work in this field but I probably could teach it I like teaching I was doing public speaking on campus and stuff and so I was always been like you know um I haven't always been like that public speaker type but in college I found that voice you know prior to college I was totally terrified of any type of like speaking or having the spotlight on me but I found that in college and I was like, oh yeah, I could do this. Maybe I could teach. And so I was going to get a PhD. My plan was to get a PhD, you know, just kind of continue that and then do music on the side as always. I always saw it like something I could do on the side. I could work, you know, I could 
you know, have a group, I could produce, I could do whatever. Um, it wasn't until I went to grad school in Atlanta, I went to Georgia Tech. And unlike Howard, where I went to undergrad, I had no balance at the grad school. Their program was so intense. It's on the quarter system and it's designed for you to get your grad degree um, in like a year, in like four quarters. And so unlike a lot of other schools where you might have, you know, a graduate student might take like one or two or three classes. I'm like an undergrad with like, you know, six classes at a time in classes with a hundred other people. It was really, really, it's like morning to night. We're in study groups all night long. Um, and there was no room for music at all. You know, and Howard, I felt like I had some balance. I could, I was in music every day. That was part of my life. But even being there for like 12 months and literally being able to do no rap project, no music production, nothing on the side creatively was, that was like incredibly painful. And I was surprised at how painful like it was. Yeah, that sounds like torture. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, I definitely can't do a piece. I can't, I can't do this for three or four years. One year alone was like, you know, I, you know, it sounds a little shallow, I guess, but like creatively, I, it was like, it was like, it was felt like I was dying. Like I, this was a whole part of me that was not being, allowed to express or, or or exist for that 12 years 12 months you know I, I can totally relate to that and it's funny because when you're not living all of your sides like there literally like is a part of you that's dying like and you can feel it so but i love how you shared the part about the it and how you were like doing the project management and then you love the teaching like because you you're doing all of that right now within the sync world so it's pretty <laughs> dope to see how that like that part carried over that's a it, it is. It's like, that's why I can't say I regret any of the choices. Like, I feel like the journey is definitely longer than I expected it to be, you know, but um, I do use a lot of this, like, even in sync, like, you know, I, I'm very analytical. So I like, I built like a database and, you know, I keep like track of music supervisors and conversations and stuff, all stuff that I would have done in the IT world of kind mm -hmm. of, done it you know it's helped me and organize my business in the sync space and so and i'm very good with one of the things as a creative that a lot of creatives struggle with is taking our ideas and actually getting them to completion and getting them out and then being able to be like on a time basis or you know and i've you know the project management side of me is there you know putting things to deadline having music turned out in time um managing you know managing time is something that um, that background has definitely helped me out with a lot. Yeah, that's one of the things that a lot of artists and producers struggle with is um, let me start a new project, even though I have not finished these 50 projects that are sitting on my hard drive. <laughs> exactly right. It's exactly yep. right. It's always a new shiny thing to it's change. It's always a new shiny thing. Oh, new plug-in. I'm about to make a new beat while I'm, <laughs> while I'm, while I'm making this beat. I'm about to make a new beat. <laughs> right. right. Now, so let me ask, like, how important is balancing your life now because i could totally relate to you know when things get kind of out of whack like you said because i almost like i believe like i almost lost my family like almost you know lost my marriage because of you know the music was so demanding and plus with the nine to five job at the time so balance is like you know that's key for me so like how is balance important for you now you know, now that that you've learned from that journey. So what do you say about balancing your life? Um, 
I don't, you know, it'd be interesting. I think you have to ask like my wife, Raisha now or other people around me, like how well I do. <laughs> I don't know how well I do. I am always like, a, um, that's a great answer. <laughs> I'm always, I mean, I'm, I go really hard on music. I've always had a wrestler because I feel like I always do one thing sometimes to the detriment of other things. And I go through these periods where I'm like, okay, I need to focus on my, on my health a little bit. Or I need to, you know, get out and exercise and do stuff. Um, I listened to a podcast recently and I cannot think of the podcaster's name. I have to look it up. But she was talking about how, you know, she believes that for creatives and entrepreneurs in general, that there's to be like, there's seasons, you know, and there's seasons when you should be hustling. And then there's seasons when you can kind of be in a state of flow is in her words. And so in the hustle period, she says, you know, maybe she's not getting good, a full seven hours of sleep each night. And maybe she's not exercising every day, you know, five days. Maybe she's just walking a couple of times, but she's, you know, she's got a blog and she's got to get, uh, you know, content created for the next 12 months. And she's got to figure out her TikTok. And so she puts herself in this, like, I'm in hustle phase right now. And I'm until this product is launched. And then it's like, okay, my product is launched. Uh, it's, it's out there. It's got some c- customers. Let me back up and figure out, okay, you know, how's things at, how are things at home? what do I need to do to, to get my health back in order? So for her, she talks about it being a seasons and I kind of relate to that. Um, but I think it's hard, especially in a field like music where you don't know how long you might have to be at hustle phase. You know, mm. money is so hard to get sometimes in this industry, you know, you can get success and even the success may not have money attached to it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yes. I've had lots of placements that I did not get paid for. And so, you know, they did, they would did great for me in terms of exposure and getting my name out there, but it still had to have to figure out, okay, well, so where's the income? And so, and this is like, well, is this sustainable to stay in this grind mode? Can I stay in this grind mode for a year, two years, but I'm not, you know, exercising or I might be eating whatever, or I'm not spending enough time with, with the wife. And like, so, it's um I think long answer is I'm still trying to figure all that out you know I'm, yeah. I'm trying you know trying to figure out um how to do it both seasonally and then also how to do it where I mean Raisha and I we have a I've learned a lot you know Raisha is my third wife I've learned a lot um in just relationships in general in terms of being a better communicator and we 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 both do a, a good job of like at least saying, you know, hey, this is how I'm feeling. You know, I need time for this. And and we, we both make that effort. But it's still a, a constant, you know, uh, it's a constant struggle that takes constant effort. Yeah, I, I love that because I feel like everybody can benefit from that. Like uh, speaking up when you like, hey, look, man, I'm, I'm stressed right now. Like I tell my wife, like, yo, look, um, I got like 50,000 deadlines right now. Like. <laughs> I don't really know what the kids are going to eat for two days. <laughs> I'm going to need you. <laughs> Yo, if somebody can figure back. out how we can stop having to always, like, we got to eat every day. Why? why like, right? Why? Like, it's like, every day is like, darn, I got to figure out what to cook. Ah, like, all this, like, stuff that's getting in the way of what we really need to be working on. Right? Like, like people think, like, people think, like, you know, I fast for, like, a spiritual thing. No, I fast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time. <laughs> 
have time to figure this out. Like, Lord, we fasted. Like, I don't right. trust you. <laughs> uh, you just gave me some good wisdom. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, so I want to know, because this is also about mindset. So, like, I want to know, like, what was your greatest failure? And then, like, what did you learn from it in this whole, in your arena? I don't know if I've had a greatest failure. I feel like I've had a series of um, failures. Mm -hmm. My first relationship ending a divorce was like definitely the biggest one. Um, coming to Atlanta with not enough money, I ended up getting like evicted after like four or five months here because mm -hmm. I had like three months worth of money and I was like, oh, I'm dope. I got lots of tracks. I just come down there. I'll find me some clients. I'll hustle. And it just didn't line up that fast or that quickly. And I was like, oh, I guess I should have brought more than three months worth of <laughs> cash to live on coming down here. And so like, you know, I spent the first couple of years just like figuring out, okay, do I get a job? If I get a job, I'm back to square zero. I know like for me, I know like, you know, I'm not going to be able to like take advantage of these opportunities, but at the same time I need income. So I ultimately ended up landing on music, doing music lessons. And I taught music lessons and that actually turned into a great blessing. Like it turned into a nice business. I ended up hiring other music teachers and had a good stream of clients that, you know, was my main source of income for a good while. I only shut down that business two years ago, like right before the pandemic. Oh, wow. Um, and so it was, uh, that's, that was, but even like getting evicted led to the decision to figure out how to, how to do that you know actually that didn't lead to getting evicted led to me taking i couldn't um i didn't want to get back an it job i knew how demanding that was and so i was just trying to do i was like just give me something at like you know a bookstore or a starbucks or whatever and at the time it was hard to find but i ended up doing just like a a gig at the boys and girls club oh no at the ymca um like with their summer camp and that ended up turning into um, when they found out I did music, they asked me to do a music camp. And I started teaching the kids garage band and that doing that music camp ended up them saying, hey, we actually do after school programs at a bunch of schools. Can you know, instead of us hiring you, like, why don't you go like run um, do a music component at these after school things? And so they ended up contracting me, became part of my, like, my first business. They contracted me to be part in after school um, educator providing programs. I traveled to different schools in Atlanta, um, a different one each day of the week and work with the kids on, um, you know, basic music education. And I was like, I can really do this. And I went from that to like launching my own um, practice and teaching in, the, teaching in the homes. And all that started for me, like, just like, you know, I don't I know I don't want to do an IT job but I need some income. I can't be bouncing around. And all this time I'm like, I'm supposed to be here like grinding, trying to, you know, get artist placements, but I'm just trying to figure out how to live and stay here. And that was taking up so much mental space and energy. And it took me a couple of years to kind of find a rhythm or routine that I could even get into. Okay. Now let's get some music, you know, um, going. I love that. See that, that I love that because a lot of people are afraid to, I don't know they're afraid of like okay let me get let me get this quick job to take care of this because my saying is like i'm not hustling for to reach a goal i'm hustling for a vision for a purpose so that means that i know like you said 
not going back into IT. Like, I'm going to go get this Starbucks so I can still, or whatever kind of job so I can still mm -hmm. focus. Like, you were hustling towards a vision because you had that in you. You had the, you had the mindset and the purpose. Uh, I, I, that's super encouraging that you did not go back. You was like, I'm going to stick with it. Well, I think that also is a lesson from my failure because I had the, I was making six figures when I was doing IT stuff and still ended wow. up losing the family and yeah. still ended up not really doing what I wanted to be doing, which is working with music. And so like having the job was cool, but it wasn't getting me to my goal. And it wasn't even helping keep my family together, you know, because I'm working all these hours, not getting what I wanted, and then the family's still being stressed. And so I was like, that's not the solution. Having the, the, the big job and um, wow. for me was not the solution. Now, I know other people who actually, I have friends who actually balance IT work and music and their families. So I'm not saying that it's not do I, I actually know people who do do that. I wasn't able to find the balance. And then, yeah. 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 And this, this whole, like I launched this podcast because it's all about your inner truth and your inner truth was like, listen, I can't do the big job and still keep all this together. And, but yeah, like you said, I know tons of people who could, who can do that and keep it all together. Um, and that really resonates with me because for me, I was, there was a season where I was not yeah. able to like keep doing the music and keep it all together. Like I actually had to stop doing the music because I had to find different parts of me and then come back to the music mm. so i just love how the journey the journey of you realizing okay i'm not living my truth right now if i go back to it like i can't i don't care how much money they pay me like that, really, is, that is, that's so powerful that is powerful thank you man i appreciate that, that. it's funny even like little things i think um for me identity was real has always been real important and even little like in hindsight it seems really trivial but at the time getting up and dressing everyday business casual so felt like not me. Yeah. Like, you know, even now just sitting casual stuff with, with this, like at home, like this is so much more me, but putting on those khakis and the little collared polo shirts every day and going downtown to the office, I'm like all these people I work with all day long have no idea who I am. And it, that disturbed me greatly. Like, you know, there's one vision of me that I need to be in to provide income, but I can't actually walk in who I am, which is a creative who yeah. likes, you know, dress creatively or just, I can't even be that person, you know, um, because I got to, you know, make, make this money. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not even wearing pants right now. So I'm totally, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get it. Like I get it. I get it. That identity, it doesn't sound trivial at all. It's like, I love how encouraging it to see that you stayed on the grind, you stayed on the vision and to see like you're doing what you love doing and you're giving back. Like you're like just throwing out knowledge. I love your video. Cause you like <laughs> your video, like I share everything I know. I'm like, he ain't lying. He share, <laughs> he share, he share it all. Like he share it all. I love that. So and my mom, my mom, <laughs> we talked to my mom the other day. She was like, so this sharing everything you know, you sure? <laughs> That's the way you want to be. <laughs> you know how they ask questions like they don't want to judge, but they're like, um, you sure? That's the way you want to. You want to put it in a book or something, or <laughs> charge a little admission or something? 
That is all coming back to you, though. Like, it really is. Yeah, I feel that way strongly. <laughs> I feel like, I, I mean, even just Control Camp has been the testing ground for me just from the pandemic. I have been, whatever information I'm giving out, I have received so much in terms of opportunities, new relationships, um, people reaching out to me that would have never been in my circle, you know, had Control, control Camp not existed. And so, I see the fruit of like, I'm totally like, you know, prior to this, my whole career has been the introvert creator being in the, in the studio locked away. And every time I didn't have what I wanted in my career, I I felt like, well, I must not be good enough. Let me figure out, let me, you know, how to mix better. Let me figure out how to produce better. And the whole time while all that's been good, I'm glad I worked on my craft, but if I would've been putting some of this energy in terms of outreach and just Mm. not being locked away and letting people know I'm here, who I am, or like, my, like people are starting to know me now and just people just being visible and out has done so much more for my career than being good. Cause you can be good and nobody knows you. You right. know what I mean? And that's been my problem my whole life. I felt like I've always been talented. Just nobody ever knew who I was, you know? <laughs> so I felt, I think I always felt like being talented, the people would find me, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, I'm awesome. I'll just, I just sit here and, until, you know, whoever needs to find me finds me and is like, oh, my God, you're awesome. Where have you been? Let me let me set things up for you. And that's I think I was always waiting for that, you know, and there's like, you know, control camp came along and is like, oh, let's just start talking and sharing on Clubhouse what we do and what we're about and how we've got the placements we've gotten. And people just started walking into the room like, oh, you guys are just giving away cool information. Let me sit and listen. And like. People at all levels, like directors of companies and people who yeah. ran production companies and music supervisors, just like walking into the room. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got like a circle of people who are like friends now that I didn't even know a year ago just because I just started talking and saying, hey, I'm here. You know, that's amazing. I feel like a lot of people need to hear that because I was one of those people like I would even get mad or self-conscious when my wife would show people my beats back in the day. She's like, yeah, I showed them your song. Like, why are you showing it? Like, it's not ready. It's not even mixed. Like, why? Right. You I would seriously get mad. And she'd be like, you need to stop. You need to put yourself out there. I wouldn't do it. And like she had to slap me because I thought like you, <laughs> I thought like, OK, somebody's going to discover me. <laughs> Ain't going to happen like that. So I'm glad that you shared that because. A lot of people are really self-conscious and they want to, you know, stay as producers. We want to stay in our little Hermit shell, just make beats. It's like, nah, right. We got to get how out. I found out about your music. I mean, I mean, I've heard your music, but actually somebody else was like, <laughs> when they found out I was doing this cinematic project, was like, you know, Nick does this, right? I'm like, Nick does this? And they're like, hold on. They sent me a place. I was like, oh my God, Nick's like, show this stuff. How do I not know this? Like, <laughs> yeah, I got to start putting myself out there more too. <laughs> No, it's actually dope. Like we're working on some really, really cool stuff right now. I'm actually really excited about. I'm very excited too, and thank you for uh, pulling me in on that. Like seriously, and I still got to get to that other track. You know, we talking about the balance. (laughs) (laughs) For real, for real. No, but um, you're gonna, you're gonna love. I'm, you know, by the time this airs, you'll already hear it. But you're gonna love where this first song is. Oh, I cannot. Really excited about it. Cannot wait. Well, I love how you mentioned like how all those detours led you to where you are now because I feel so many people are afraid of you know of failure but it's like your story what you shared getting evicted and then 
doing these, you know, these odd jobs and starting the music lessons and then going to girls and boys club, like how all this led to this bigger picture. And that is like what I wanted to drive home with people. I had no idea about your story. Like, I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Cause I'm encouraged. I'm like, you just got to keep walking and just keep, keep on it. And all the dots are going to connect somehow. Yeah. And I, I just find that so powerful that you can look back and be like, yeah, man, that that failure led to that. And then that one led to that. And then that one led to that. I am where I am now. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Like, that's Thank it. you. Yeah. I mean, Thank God you. has been good to me. He's. I think this is always like I've always felt like no matter what, I've always felt provided for. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of God is like I think of him as, as a provider. And so even when I'm going through like the worst. I don't think I've ever felt like, and some, I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I've never, and I've been through a lot of, you know, trials and tribulations and I was adopted as a kid and, you know, estranged from my own family in some ways. And, um, you know, first wife got divorced and second wife passed away. So I've been through like all kinds of stuff, but through all of that, I never felt like, I didn't have someone guiding me yeah. with me. And so just being able to look, I think the more I live, the more I can look back. And even like through stuff I went through as a, as a kid, as an adult, I can look back and say, I got through that situation. I've been, I was in crappy situations in the past and I made it through those situations. And so getting through one storm or going into the next, I think, you know, there's no guarantee even now, like I'm, I've, Things are good. Things are going really good right now, but I know that that's no guarantee that you know. There's no guarantee what tomorrow. Like all of all of for all of us, 2019 and 2020 was a whole, you know, 2021 right. a whole big question mark of what what the heck is going to happen tomorrow. But for me, my personal beliefs, I've been through crap and I've survived it, and I was never without counsel. I was never without an encourager. I was never without someone who believed in me and said, you you know, I got you. And so just knowing that um, has helped even through the worst of, you know, that's never prevented the storms, but it's always gotten me through. Them. And so oh, know, I wow. just keep stepping on the journey. That Yeah, that's that's some gold. Never prevented the storms. That, wow. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, the one scripture, which you probably got to Google it because I'm not sure where it's at, but uh, the weapons formed against me shall not prosper right mm-hmm. but the, those weapons are going to form <laughs> yeah going they are to going form, to exactly. form exactly yes. like so we all going to go through the storms but you know as long as we got god guiding us yeah yep not going to hold us back it's not going to stop we'll us talk. may do a detour but that detour is going to lead to something even greater i believe that yeah that's that's what i believe too well, i want to ask you one more question because this is all about you know the the belief system and also lives we had to overcome that we told ourselves or uh, that we heard from other people. So what is a lie that you had to overcome in your belief system that was holding you back from where you are now? Um, oh, I think probably a lot of, um, I don't know. I think a lot of self-worth work mm-hmm. and reprogramming in a lot of ways. It's hard for me to think of it in terms of the lie, but I know that like as a kid, I was very insecure and unconfident, like, you know, um, very anxious around other people and just did not feel like I had necessarily, I, I almost hadn't feel like I had anything to offer. I don't know that I felt strong enough 
or confident enough to present mm. me. I never felt like the leader, you know, uh, or or anything like that. Um, somewhere along college, there was like a big spiritual maturing for me, um, and that spiritual maturity started with kind of reprogramming all the false things I, I believe about myself. Um, it's still hard for me to articulate what those false things were yeah. other than that I was never one to kind of take in the spotlight. I was very worried, very, very worried about what other people felt, how how what I said would be received. And so I'd be more apt to like hold it in and not, not share it. Um, very scared to step up, step out on a stage in terms of talking or even like Little things like, you know, in school where they would tell every the first day of school and everybody's going around saying who they are, and where they're from, or, you know, what their background is. I would always be terrified of that moment. And I remember like being in class and watching the people in front of me saying and seeing as it gets closer to me in my turn, hearing my heartbeat in my head, like going faster and faster and faster, like just the nervousness and anxiety of like that moment. And, you know, to get to now, just to be able to comfortably talk you know, whether it's on a stage or on Zoom call or whatever, all that came from knowing that I, I think all of it came from one, knowing that I'm okay, like never, not perfect, but even in my flawed, you know, uh, I just goes back to my spiritual beliefs, I think, where like, I really believe that um, I wholeheartedly came to a place but I believe that I was accepted. And I think mm. that was the thing that I had never felt, you know, I don't know if it's part of being adopted or just my own insecurity, but I don't think I ever totally felt like really accepted and also not judged. And so it's one of the, I don't want to go for total, total tangent, but I came to this place where spiritually like me, my relationship with God is such that I totally feel like he gets me, accepts me, loves me. And I've never felt like judged or scolded or chastised from him. And I felt a lot of that growing up, you know, I felt very judged, chastised, like every move, I had to watch every move that I made, you know, so not doing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing. And that made me, made me very, not free, very like, you know, reserved. And so getting to a place where like, oh, I can totally mess up and I'm okay. Or I could totally, totally screw this whole thing up and I'm totally fine because he accepts me. And so it's one of the reasons it's given me like a patience with myself. I think I have that same patience with other people now because like if you've really received love, then giving love becomes a lot easier. And if you really receive patience, if, if you know you're a screw up, but God is cool with that. It's like, you know, I'm still, you're still cool. We can still go hang out. And I'm not going to be like, did you know you did this? You know, then you can, um, you can have that same patience with other people. So totally, uh, to- we could totally talk on a tangent about issues I have, like with, you know, religion or church in terms of going and feeling like chastised or feeling like you have to walk this line be right like that is not my face at all like i'm totally hey. free in who hey, i am man. You know? hey this is this is what this podcast is for i love that <laughs> no so man, we have like a lot of the same um 
values and beliefs. And I actually like, cause I grew up very quiet. Like mm. I was so quiet, like seriously, the, my fourth grade teacher, I finally answered a question and she was like, I was seriously about to call your mom because we thought you were a mute. Like they literally thought I was a mute um, and they were gonna put me in a different class, wow. special class. Um, but I just happened to answer that question. Uh, and then for me, my spiritual awakening was, it was really embracing the gospel wholeheartedly. And I was like, you, you really like you with me, with me, like we rolling, the, like we rolling together. Like you love me, love me. Right. <laughs> like I'm fully accepted. No, no strings attached. No like, strings attached. No strings yeah. attached. Like that's when, um, uh, and funny thing, like, and like you said, not bashing the church or anything, but I learned that outside of the church. Yeah. I had to go on a journey. I had to go on a journey. I had to mess up to, I had to mess up to learn this. Yep. <laughs> I had to go on this journey. And I was like, once I learned that, I was like, dang, that just ignited the fire. I was like, I could, we could take over the world. <laughs> right. Right. It's very, so, so free. You so know, free. To, uh, so for me, that was the, that whole reprogramming changed the whole course of my life. It changed how I saw myself, what I saw myself, what I could be. It changed how I saw other people and how I wanted to serve them or relate to them. And so. Amen. See, that's, that, that's, that's, I love that you share that. Cause that's something that, you know, I think a lot of, um, you know, people are afraid of that freedom because they think like, oh man, you're just going to be out here all willy nilly. And it's like, really, you got, now you are free to love. You are free to um, give that forgiveness, free to give that patience. It's weird how it works. It's the reverse effect. That it people, is. <laughs> it's the reverse. It totally is. You know, so it's very powerful. I mean, unconditional love is insanely powerful. And Man, with, amen you know, to that. When you feel it and can give it, I think a lot of things change. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you um, overcame that and, you know, you had that awakening because how big is control camp now? <laughs> uh, we're growing i mean we've got like four thousand members on exactly. clubhouse that amazing that is and phenomenal so we're getting ready to um come off of come or expand beyond clubhouse i shouldn't say come off we'll still be there but expand beyond clubhouse i'm building us a home on the web and it'll kind of be like a private facebook group but it'll be on the website um and we'll oh, that's huge we'll have briefs and submissions and education and the goals for all that to be free and available you know you can submit wow. to opportunities and uh, learn and just kind of find community and so um you yeah, know, I'm, I'm so excited for you i'm so glad that you are just speaking freely now and no longer holding back <laughs> look because look at you now like it's funny when you look at that because it's like man what if i would have stayed in that belief system of my self-worth it's like it's amazing to see why you're supposed to come out of that yeah yeah because look 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 who you are so where can the people uh find you and all that good all that good stuff where we can find you and support you and all this stuff so um on social media and everywhere i'm at eric makes music e-r-i-c m-a-k-e-s-m-u-s-i-c eric makes music except for tiktok where it's eric makes music three where i do a lot of educational videos on there um and then the community on Clubhouse is Control Camp, C-T-R-L-C-A-M-P. And on the web, it's controlcamp.com. And uh, right now the web is just more of an informational space, but you can sign up for the newsletter on there and we'll keep you posted about when we actually launch the 
controlcamp.com community. So the best thing is to go to controlcamp.com and sign up for the um, the newsletter so that you can know when the community launches. Awesome. Yes, be sure to follow this brother because he shares everything he knows. <laughs> and when I say everything, I mean everything. <laughs> nah, it's been a uh, congrats on all your success. Thank you for Thank coming and sharing your story. Thank you too, man. Congrats to you, man. Launching you like you've been stepping out, not just on musically, but getting your course going, getting the yeah. podcast going. Like you, you are continuing to expand your voice and your audience. And I'm glad to say, and I've heard you share that you were very hesitant to do all that at first. So I'm really glad that you, you uh, thank you pulled the trigger on everything. I appreciate you. I'm glad to have you in my corner. So I appreciate you. One hundred percent. Yo, I hope you were super encouraged by today's episode. Of course, if this inspired you in any type of way, please subscribe, comment, rate, do all the things so we can get this out to more people. I hope this episode gave you permission to stop holding back and to let your light shine and gives you a fresh perspective of how all the dots connect in life. I'll see y'all next week.